0: 35 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Paul. And today we're going to be discussing the late, great Harold Ramis and his fine achievements in film.
1: Yes, the unfortunate death. Was it uh, just under a week before the Oscars? It was. Yeah,
0: they, yeah. they really <laughs> had to uh, get a nice picture up there to clap for when he, you know, yeah. <laughs> <the> Oscars. <laughs> and
1: it's been, been a bit of a a sad last few months really well like
0: it? they said if if you watched the In Memoriam for the Oscars they were like there was a lot <laughs> this yeah, year like they even said they lost way too many like yeah, yeah. it was so rough here nice. <laughs> <But, laughs> with I uh, obviously you got Paul Philip Seymour Hoffman C- yeah
1: Philip Alder okay. yeah. miss you've also got uh, everyone's favourite Uncle Phil mm-hmm. yeah, he passed away I I believe there are a lot of like directors, a
0: lot of uh, stars of old films. That yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we are here to discuss uh, Mister Mister Spengler
1: himself. Yes, (laughs) it's good old Egon. (laughs) What a
0: horrible name, (laughs) Egon Spengler.
1: I'm sure he was laughing his ass off when he wrote that one.
0: (laughs) What do you do for fun? I collect mold (laughs) sports (laughs) books.
1: Yes. All right, so, what well, should we start with the Ghostbusters
0: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> start with it, finish with it.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, well, I, I think then, what, do you remember the first time you saw Ghostbusters? I do
0: remember the first time. I think it might have been covered on another podcast, I'm not sure. But this was one my brother and I watched. I w- must have been, like, Five or
1: six the first time I saw it
0: I was born in 82 it, it came out what 84 or 85
1: uh, yes the 84. sequel came out the year I was born I think but yeah it was, uh, I think it was
0: written in 84 I think it actually was released in 85 I don't know I can yeah. check that out, sounds but... about right but either way so you know back then you know things would get on tape or you would tape them off of a uh, just they'd show a movie on a weekend, and you'd have to get a tape in the VCR and tape it real quick because yeah, it'd never be seen again if you didn't have it taped. Yeah, I don't, mm. I don't
1: know what it was like over here, but in the UK mm-hmm. when I was younger, you had the the VHS in the VCR, and to program it, you had to find the like, six. Six-letter slash number code. But, you would type that in, and then it would record at that time at that channel, and that yeah. was all you could do. And it is
0: eighty-four, but uh, so it was probably eighty-seven though. By the time I saw it for the right. first time, and there were certain parts that scared me shitless, <laughs> like uh, what? the what opening it scene, mean? the opening scene with Getter. <laughs> that was your big plan. Oh, yeah. uh, that frightened me, but I still <laughs> watched it. And also, when Dana Barrett is alone in her apartment in the chair, and right. the arms come through, like the dog hands yeah. or whatever come through and gra- grab her arms and drag her into the kitchen, that <laughs> left me a few nights awake. <laughs> 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 and then proceeding to get yelled at by my mother, why do you watch it then? Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's great. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's you amazing. It? Well, and it was probably, <laughs> f- I'd say, 10 or 12 viewings of... Covering my eyes during that opening scene before I could actually just watch it and enjoy yeah. it, but uh, having just seen it last night, I, I did call back on uh, those times. But when did you recall seeing it for the first time?
1: Well, it was uh, a little later than that. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think the first time I saw it, I was either I was either just a teenager or, or yeah, you know, between ten and thirteen that time, and it was just on TV or one of my parents was watching it and yeah. so I sat down and watched it and it was just really funny <laughs> like I, absolutely yeah it, one of the first times I remember seeing a film that wasn't Monty Python that was mm-hmm. just a full on comedy it is wall-to-wall film wall to wall jokes I yeah.
0: mean <laughs> like I was thinking of this when I watched it last night the, everyone has their big lines, you know. If someone if someone asks if you're a god, say yes or it's lying to me. Or, yeah. you know. The, but there are so every single line now for me is quotable. Is has quote <laughs> status. Like yeah. just the most obscure, just whatever. Like you know, um. would you like some coffee? Would I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. Yeah. <laughs> just that odd give and take <laughs> is just hilarious to me now. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> with Rick Moranis with that stupid colander on his head with yeah. all the <laughs> shit plugged into it.
1: I, I have to say, watching that, I always wonder if the Back of the Future guys didn't, uh, didn't take <laughs> notes. Yeah, very true, very true. With, that, with the mind reader. Uh. That mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my favorite Just like Little line that Bill Murray Throws in Most people Probably their favorite Little offshoot of his Is the one where he goes And the flowers Are still so standing there. But or one- back
0: off man I'm a scientist <laughs> Yeah that one's Number one Probably
1: but, for me I mean the one for me is Just, just because of how he said it, It's just like Okay So She's a dog <laughs> I was
0: thinking of that driving here and like that was the one I was trying to pull up but I went with the hero, yeah. the Rick Moranis one because I was stalling could come up with but yes okay so she's a dog <laughs> yes it's
1: a nice like, little line that out of context it's like what yeah <laughs> but in the film it's like yeah yeah she is mm-hmm. <laughs> alright move it up yeah <laughs> so it's a great film and definitely going to be one of those films that I think parents are going to show their kids and their kids yeah. are going to get it, as opposed to parents showing. You can definitely think some film from the eighties. If you show kids nowadays they'd be like, "What was this?" I, I don't. Yeah, completely. well, they're, yeah.
0: There's yeah. so much more stimulating things. Like it, it really has to be great <laughs> I think, yeah. for something to be dated to for anyone young now to really appreciate.
1: Yeah. it well, but, then, uh, I, I mean, I would say, let's say with Nell and I, you show that to any kid now that isn't a real film yeah. fan they're just going to look at it and be like, this is so boring. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, one of the points I wanted to bring up to you is, does it stand up? Does it stand the test of time? And it's, I mean, it's hard to remove, the I guess, nostalgia or, you know, just having that experience when you're young and just not having, you know, that's always going to be tied into it. So I know there are certain movies that I can look now and aren't technically well-done films, like yeah. <laughs> The Goonies. But I will throw down with anyone who says the Goonies is a bad movie. No, <laughs> or, I, I or, cannot you know, say it's a bad movie. <laughs> or, you know, or The Monster Squad, or just... That is absolutely a horrible movie, but <laughs> it, is, uh, it is so bad. But it's, you know, it's just all the universal monsters in, like, one place at one time. And Yeah. yeah and there... So, yeah, I can look back and see that's, yeah, a bad movie, but I still love it. This, I think, is a great movie, and I still love it. And, yes, the effects are dated, but you're going to have that any time you go into the world of special effects.
1: Yeah. Although Believe it or
0: not, know. we are going to have a time when Avatar looks dated. Yeah. And we're going to have a time maybe when Gravity looks dated. Oh,
1: no, yeah. <laughs> you know. Although, it's... I, I don't know. That's don't hard to, to imagine to now. It's...
0: But, I mean, then... Like, you saw... You know, I showed you uh, The Last Starfighter. Those yeah. were extremely innovative graphics at the time. And everyone couldn't (laughs) believe what they're seeing now we're like oh my god I could do that on my phone in four minutes (laughs) (laughs) and have something that looks better probably
1: (laughs) yeah it's gonna be one of those things where I think at this point let's take gravity you've reached a point where the actual effects are kind of seamless and they appear to be reaching the end of what they can do with integrating live action with the effects at least you get the budget you Mm -hmm. can do this I think what we're going to see is more lower budget films being able to use that effect and then pushing out into, uh, assuming virtual reality goes anywhere, yeah. maybe augmented films. So you get more stuff actually interacting with you during the film. It, but, yeah, it's, but, it's one of those things that's really <laughs> difficult to tell because unless you are working on it now, you have no mm. idea what's going to be coming yeah. out. But
0: uh, even, like, Fellowship of the Ring or like just, like, how Gollum changed from one film to the next. Yeah. You watch that first film, Peter Jackson purposefully did not focus a lot on Gollum because he knew that in a few years he'd have the technology yeah. to really blow us out of the water. Yeah, he did. Like, he looks like a real character in those second two
1: films. Yeah, uh, and, and especially in The Hobbit. Well, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you compare first Golem to the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. It's like wow, how this <laughs> and, and, and yeah,
0: and like when those came out in nineteen ninety nine or two thousand, that looked absolutely incredible, and I could not imagine anything looking better than that. Yeah, and, and that, <laughs> we just keep be getting, getting better. So yeah, that that aside, like I, I noticed one part that I don't think I'd ever noticed. There's a like where they show the rooftop scenes, and that, the, the finale. and What is her name? Not Zul. Zul's the other one. But, I know, yeah, Gozer. Or whatever, it. yes, yeah, Gozer. It. But, uh, you know, the, there's, like, perspective scenes where you just see the buildings in the background, and they literally are hand-drawn. <laughs> like, matted <Yeah>. in there. <laughs> you just see, like, steeples that are just... Triangle shaped, yeah. <laughs> and you can just like see they don't match up with the foreground at all. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a quick shot, and but yeah, if you're looking at it, wow, does it look bad?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the thing when I rewatched it, and you get the far away shot of them walking into the destroyed mm-hmm. apartment. It's like, wow, that's obviously a matte painting. It's <laughs> yes, very obviously a matte painting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but, well, yeah, or just the then. little
0: effect of speeding up the camera when the ecto-1 just like flies out of the firehouse. Oh, you know, yeah. and it's like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And oh. it's like... Zip, zip, zip. <laughs> yeah, like, I've, even that effect now, like no one bothers with. I've noticed. <laughs> Unless it's purposely for comedic irony.
1: Yeah, I've noticed... In a couple of films recently, I can't tell you i the top in my head, but there was one film where it was the car reversing, cuts inside, as so the guy turning the wheel, and then the mm-hmm. car goes forward. And they sped all of it up. So it was like... <laughs> <laughs> what so, I'm sorry, why did you do that? Did you need to save those three seconds? <laughs> I don't
0: know. But, let's, you know, focusing on the story, focusing on the jokes, I think... Yeah, I'm sure a few of them I'm just laughing at because that's my trained reaction now. Or I'm just smiling. But there are still just moments I just absolutely love throughout that entire film. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. you know, just, you know, I just, every time Bill Murray trying to talk to Dana, I want to talk to Dana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zooli. Oh, Zooli. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She just levitates. And, oh, sounds like you got enough people in there already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. It's not something I can watch over and over and over, but I am happy to return to at least once a year.
1: There's also the thing of the guy that is from whatever department he is who wants to shut them down. Pecker. (laughs) It's Peck. And if you actually step outside, pretend that you are your average Joe public, and you've not seen everything other gay persons that you've seen watching the film, he is acting 100% normally there is no reason for him to believe that there are these ghosts out there and they are just drawing so much power away from the city and it's like yeah why wouldn't you shut these people down (laughs) and and even at the end where like when he's saying to the mayor it's like you're not seriously considering this it's like no seriously you're not really considering (laughs) this like take him away (laughs) take Peck away Yeah, yes. I'm going to miss him. <laughs> <laughs> Send him a fruit basket. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, just another throw-off line, but I always remember. Yeah. All right, I think we probably... I mean, I could go on and on about well, Ghostbusters. Yeah. I mean, right, well, let's... Uh, and the sequel, I think.
1: I'll say, well, we can come back to the sequel very quickly. At the end yeah. w- why not move into, let's say, a uh, director role in Groundhog Day.
0: Groundhog Day, yes. Yeah. Not. F- yes, uh, let's, you know... Because he was a great performer, great writer, and great director. But yeah, I do like the ones also where he's not on camera. Yeah, uh, but he uh, well he not is, for a large yeah. amount of time. Yes, a <laughs> yeah, cameo he, here he, and there. Yeah,
1: a cameo appearance rather than a main character type yeah. thing. And yeah, Groundhog Day was really good film. It was the film I, I that think buddy. that I first saw Bill Murray in and then and and it was like watching it yeah this is he he's really good and then i found all the comedy roles that he was doing and all the other stuff and it was wow i think groundhog day is a good introduction to bill murray because he has the serious stuff when he's really trying to show that he is a good person and then you've got all the comedy stuff where he sort of goes off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Literally at one point. Uh, <laughs> he could he could still be okay. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, yeah. Probably oh, not no. now. <laughs> <laughs> Is it truly for flat tracks? <laughs> and of course the uh, my favorite little thing watching that is watching his progression of talking to Ned. Mm? Uh, the the guy is—is is it Phil? Oh, the he. Groundhog, you mean? No. Or, oh, oh, no, the, okay. The Ned Ryer, right, okay, Ned right, the insurance right, right. guy. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. he first meets him. and He's just like, oh yeah, hi. And then the second day, he's like, did, did, didn't we already do this? Hi, how's it going? Mm. And then as it get further along, he he just keeps going, and going until one day it just, just punches Ned him. punches and square <laughs> <in> the, Yeah. <laughs> Bing
0: again? <laughs> you are on a roll?
1: <laughs> I, I can't imagine how. Don't tell me you're on a roll, because I sure as <laughs> <you. laughs> I remember you. I can't imagine that role for that guy <laughs> having to do exactly the same take again and again and again, where Bill Murray is, knowing Bill Murray, probably didn't do exactly the same take again no. and again, just uh Well, like you're saying out. with
0: this series, like the stuff that, yeah, it's ultimately just a really funny movie but there are those I mean it still gets me every time I watch it those scenes with the old man that dies like the homeless guy and then you know there are days he's just feeding him bowl and bowl of soup and then (laughs) realizing he can't change what is going to happen (laughs) it is is this man's time to go and Yeah, that, that part was absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, and it,
1: and it was a fantastic life lesson as well, because obviously he is able to change the course of events in the day, mm-hmm. but very specifically, this man will die. And mm-hmm. it's it's something yeah, that... You don't
0: get domain over the big picture. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. mean, it
1: it could also be... Cause that, doesn't he say when he's talking to his doctors that like, it, it was something to do with his heart, mm-hmm. and it was there wasn't anything that they could do. So it was... Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, or like, you know, when he goes in and, like, demands to see the chart and the nurse says it was just his time to go and he's like, I refuse to accept that yeah. <laughs> or something. Like, I refuse to believe that or
1: accept that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... I mean, it was a fantastic idea. As well, I know he, he didn't write it, but, like, what would you do if there was just one day? And <laughs> how long would it take you before you started either... Just trying to make it the best day, or just well, I mean, it. I think <laughs> they show a
0: great progression of that where he exploits it, and then you know, initially, I think you know, or well, first, you know, denies it's happening, then yeah. exploits it for his own gain, and then you know, is frustrated. That yeah. you know, then all the multiple suicide attempts, and then to the acceptance of it, well, now I'm just going to learn everything I can and be a master <laughs> of everything, yeah, and uh, essentially be a god. On Earth, yeah, which, um, which he does stay th- at one in the point. script. I think it says there is like he lives for like ten thousand years. Really? It's that? yeah, it's, it's it's around like like ten thousand years. Which the cracked podcast, which I'm a huge fan of, they get a cr- kind of crappy reputation of just shitting on everything, but they are truth lighteners. They they yeah. they they bring the truth to people about certain things, but. Uh, it was one of, like, the unlikeliest couples or relationships that actually wouldn't work. They were talking about films. Right. And he and Andy McDowell's relationship just wouldn't work because he has been around for ten thousand years. he is a god, yeah. he knows everything <laughs> he knows everything about her. he knows everything about everyone, and so how can he be satisfied in just a normal human relationship That, that he's already spent ten thousand years talking with her well, and winning her love every day yeah, it, uh, it, you know so you see like how how can he be help, how can she hold his interest which well, i understand
1: <laughs> well, I absolutely would, I would disagree with that because for the most part. Most of his interactions with her uh, were the same. Like obviously, that he would attempt to talk about different things each time. But most yeah, but of it she's still like,
0: on the schedule of we gotta do this Groundhog Report. We still have you know yeah, we gotta yeah. get Groundhog back report, to the studio tomorrow yeah, studio, or tonight. Yeah.
1: Do it. Talk to them next day. Yeah, Groundhog. So you have <laughs> limited
0: parameters in which to work. Yeah.
1: yeah. So and obviously you can talk about a lot of stuff in that, but the second that the day doesn't reset, you have completely new stuff. Like, I I like the idea of them bringing out Groundhog Day 2 where it's actually a horror film where that second day starts repeating for him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Like, he starts to realize that the the rest of his basically immortal life is going to be a number of repeating days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's lasting 10,000 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, don't, I don't know. I, I can definitely see like Everlasting Life sounds great or whatever, but 10,000 years, I can see where you could... Really be bored with mundane life. <laughs> you know, he's already a piano master. He can already play the saxophone or flute or whatever. You know, he fixes anything. You know, he can do anything.
1: True, but. Um, so, what are the
0: new challenges? Well, you know what?
1: I would argue that obviously he can do that but is he gonna wake he up and make
0: waffles for Andy McDowell in the morning and be happy
1: but, but he didn't leave town so he, he could only master what was in that town yeah, he's, yeah. he's probably not a master of the didgeridoo I'm not no, sure there was no, no, no. a didgeridoo player in that town probably you know
0: his theremin playing probably needs some work yeah <laughs> but.
1: exactly and obviously he he can do whatever was in that town perfectly, but anything that's outside of that, he'll still have to learn.
0: So what we're saying, great directing job, Harold. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think is our ultimate point. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: mean, I, I mean personally, I, I think that obviously this is us talking about his body of work, but it, it's what, what should happen with anyone dies, and then you start to take a look at it, it, it. Use his body of work as a springboard to really get good insight into that sort of stuff. Because I mean. I didn't know until I found out he died, and then looked up for this thing that he directed the remake of Bedazzled. Like, I really and enjoyed for the it. people out there. They're like, remake? <laughs> yeah, which, I know. which remake? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> there was a remake.
1: Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, and they remade I say, the Brendan Fraser one. <laughs> when I, yes, when I say remake, yes. I do mean that the Brendan Fraser Elizabeth Hurley yes. one was the remake. Yeah, that is the one he directed, mm-hmm. and it is a remake of a film. Very from, old film, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think of uh, 40s or 50s? 50s, I yeah. think, was the original. And, yeah, it was just an up-to-date thing which I thought really showcased Brendan Fraser. I, I thought that was one of the films that I first thought that this guy who was in The Mummy as one character and then The Mummy 2 as the same character and then The Mummy 3 as the same character. <laughs> this was him actually getting different roles and being able to do serious and comedy, kind of like Bill Murray in. Groundhog Day was able to be more versatile which says to me that Harold Ramis appears to be drawn to the idea of so sort of your everyday man stuck in a weird situation because yeah. you got that with Groundhog Day you got that with Bedazzled Ghostbusters is almost almost kind of like that I mean they're, they're specialists in their field and then all this stuff starts happening to them and, it's, and they're Uniquely qualified to deal with that. I will say, yeah, I will
0: say I'm being quiet because I have not seen the film, and I yeah, fair have never seen. I will say anything that wowed me from Brendan Fraser. Fair enough. I've like, seen just him cast accurately in movies that are just made to make twenty eight million dollars, well, yeah, and that's fine. <laughs> I've never seen him, and I'm like, oh. I've never gotten excited by seeing him in a trailer. Let me put it that <laughs> way. I'm like, Ooh, a new Brendan Fraser flick. Uh, so I can't comment and hold him all on Bedazzled. No. no, other I, than that, I, I would I, see it for Elizabeth Hurley, but I'm not <laughs> <laughs> to this day.
1: No, say, I, I definitely agree. When it comes to Brendan Fraser, he—I think—he knows exactly what he can do. He was He has a limited wheelhouse. Yeah, but it, it was kind no. of typecast. He definitely can do serious stuff and if you actually watch Scrubs he plays a character in that three I times did, I guess I did
0: like him in that
1: and he, and I he do did remember. really well with that yeah. and I don't know what he's been doing I think he seemed like the kind of guy that he was able to kind of get what he wanted and if he doesn't work mm-hmm. much past that he seemed fine with it probably last from the
0: past I did like him in as well. oh there you go <laughs> that was a just funny movie with Christopher Walken and just yeah so, so that was I, a funny movie
1: I enjoyed both George of the Jungle uh, which I didn't expect much from. I didn't, yeah. and my expectation from it. But you know, <laughs> it, was, it was a fun little film. And also, now of course I cannot remember what it was, but it was kind of, ah, of Dudley Do
0: Right, <laughs> <Like>, just as <laughs> every <laughs> Brendan Fraser film goes. <laughs> I can't recall
1: yeah, that's right. <laughs> that
0: one where he did the thing that was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Dudley Do Right. I enjoyed that film mainly because of Alfred Molina. As, okay, it's not fair enough. That was All, right. Right. All right, Dr. Ock. All right. <laughs> good old Dr. Ock. Okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so getting back to Howard Ramus, it's it's such a shame to think that the person who was able to, to write these classic films and direct some of these other classic films... Yeah. Like, we're not going to be seeing any more from this guy. No,
0: but there will be... I mean, like, as it goes in film, there are the films that were made in the 70s because of the films that were made in the 50s or 40s. You know, like, everyone has their influences. So those, you know, Harold Ramis had his comedic influences. Mel Brooks had his influences. So you are going to see those students of Harold Ramis, and you will see things that are Ramis-like. Yeah. Well,
1: especially, I do think that... Hollywood now I would say over the next 5 years you're going to start seeing more of let's say uh your stripes your groundhog days ghostbusters like those feelings of films I think are going to start mm. coming because obviously everyone is now sad that this guy is gone and then people are going to be like yeah I kind of want to honor him mm-hmm. I'm going to start like working on films and I think some of them will get through I'm sure like I said in 5 years because if someone started now to yeah. film, it's going to take well, a long time to get made. And
0: it's uh, yeah, for one, like I said, you know, I think I talked to you before, like the con- you know the Academy going back to Oscars doesn't, I think, really respect comedy as an art form when I think it's one of the most difficult art forms yeah, out there. Definitely. Uh, to I mean, especially with something so uh, subjective as humor, what is funny? Yeah, and to, I don't know, just see someone that I think really was tuned into that and I mean a lot of detractors or naysayers will say you know this stuff is juvenile or silly but silly is really really hard to do well yeah just to watch something and go oh that's stupid but to watch something and say oh I see how that's dumb but that's really making me laugh
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a really fine line and really difficult to be on the other side of that yeah, and, it, uh, and for me he always did it
1: yeah it's kind of at the line of oh and, oh <laughs> it's,
0: yeah it's like just dumb whether it's you know the it's a all a perfect melding of the the writing and the performance and yeah. you know and the directing and you know and and if it's done well there's i think that's what we don't see a lot of in comedies anymore is silly everything has to have a heavy drama tone to it now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not taking away from these movies, but, like, Little Miss Sunshine or, so, you know, things like that. There always has to be something more serious at play. Yeah. Where you see something silly and you know, it's usually just garbage. Movie 43 or... <laughs> <you> <laughs> I was <know>, going to say. <laughs> something like that where, you know, they're just doing silly, but it's just falling flat.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I enjoyed it just simply because it was a meta film just Poking fun at everything, mm-hmm. but oh, I would say, I would go on record the, say the it's world, uh, good yeah,
0: this is the end. Did silly yeah. extremely well. That I, I guess that is an example that I the only reason one I can think of that really played up the absurd.
1: Yeah. That, that <laughs> that did a surprisingly good job at. That. yeah
0: without just people going oh good grief like <laughs> seriously celebrities and James Franco's house apocalypse yeah. but you know really really did I think an excellent job of playing up the absurd nature of what was going on on film oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> might have jumped the shark slightly with the giant demon mem- Members, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: but <laughs> but but then again, that's another yeah. thing. they had to escalate like, somewhere. So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but yes, uh, Harold I mean, Ramis, like uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, which I still think is the finest of the vacation films. I'll uh, take your word for that. I still <laughs> to say that. I think European is horrible. But, yeah, I, uh, I mean, Christmas I is that. good, but it's just good to watch at Christmas, and yeah. I, you know. Other than that. But, you know, those are, these are all, you know, John Hughes characters, uh, which had, get Harold Ramis and John Hughes together. That's Yeah. <laughs> you can't go whole whole, uh, you can't really screw that up a whole lot. But, uh, yeah, I always loved that one. Uh, that was, like, 80 or something. But I think that was his, might have been his, no, Caddyshack was, was his first. I think that was 80, Vacation was 83. And then, yeah, yeah and then he was in Ghostbusters. But, uh, yeah, Caddyshack, which I know you said you've only seen the first 10 of, minutes of But yeah. that is... It's definitely a guy's thing. You don't find too many women who go, "Oh, my favorite movie is
1: the Caddyshack," because
0: <laughs> it is juvenile well, male humor.
1: I would argue that the the main reason for that would be Mister Rodney Dangerfield. I Rodney think... Dangerfield, yes, but yeah, yeah, you have
0: you know young Caddy puking in car. You have Rodney Dangerfield, yeah, just you know the classic line, "Oh, that about that? Go for the free bowl of soup." Yeah, just just the weirdest, yeah, things and
1: yeah it Ronnie Dangerfield is one of those people that I I never quite clicked with Ronnie Dangerfield I, I think my I think that's be, something that's
0: generational like my yeah. dad is that absolutely loves him and actually have like an album like a vinyl album I listen to and I think he's great in small doses right like his role in Caddyshack uh, absolutely great but I don't want to see nine movies like that in a row
1: right <laughs> yeah that, like oh no respect oh right. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, it's funny, but...
1: The, yeah, the pulling of the tire What's like, I gotta do around here to get some? Yeah,
0: but I think uh, Chevy Chase, I think, was the funniest. Uh, even with Bill Murray being the weird groundskeeper dude. Pearl. I know his name. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, people. I knew it. <laughs> and uh, But Chevy Chase, when he was funny in the 80s, <laughs> yeah. was absolutely, I think, hilarious. Because his humor in that is just so straight. He's uh, the perfect straight man in that. He's not yeah. goofy. He's... Just this asshole golf pro right. and plays it perfectly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, one of my all-time
1: comedic favorites. All right. uh, I would love to have seen, given what Howard Ramis likes to do with mm-hmm. Straight Men, I'd love to have seen him work with Ledley Nielsen. No, oh, yeah. Cause Ledley Nielsen just was able to do Straight man comedy fantastically. <laughs> yeah. like, obviously, Airplane being his first ever comedic role. Mm-hmm. Yes, was... <laughs> which
0: like, a generation of people don't realize like, he had a whole career before that of dramas. Yeah. Like <laughs> He was a well-respected... I... Yeah, he... he was the Robert De Niro <laughs> and then Robert yeah. De Niro in Meet the Parents. And you're yeah. like, what he... the hell's going on? <laughs> he started
1: He started out in comedy as a gray haired man. Like, yeah, that was well yeah an old man. Yeah, And obviously he was kind of up and down after that, but that's, uh, it's one of those ones where sort of a missed opportunity is at work. I like to think that before he died, maybe they'd wanted to try and do something. Yeah, and you then, never
0: know schedules, and so it's so hard to get the people that are in demand together, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even in the same room for a meeting.
1: Yeah, well, or difficult, unfortunately. So so many things you'd like to see together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, stripes, did you? Uh, yeah, I had Stripes. That's, that's one of my too. cult favorites.
1: Yeah, it's one I've seen, I've only seen it the once, and it was a solid film. I mean, yeah, co-written by Harold Ramis, and you can tell. <laughs> it's one of those films where you can tell that this is the class of the same type of writing and pacing as other Harold Ramish films. And it's... like To me, I, I kind of like those sorts of characters. Sergeant Bilko being another one. Obviously, that's not a Harold Ramish film. No. But... Yeah, there's ones where there's just one person in the institution that just does not do things the way that they're supposed to. And then you get to see their attempt at getting out of trouble or the institution's attempt at getting them into trouble. But I really do enjoy those sorts of films. Again, if they're done well. Yeah. There are some that just are not. And I do think that... Yeah, we probably won't see another Stripes. (laughs) Mainly because half (laughs) of the people involved in it aren't around anymore. it's extremely politically incorrect. (laughs) Not
0: that those films still can't be made, but it's definitely a a steeper climb.
1: But I, I do think we'll probably see another... Ghostbusters S thing, and obviously. Uh, lastly, S2. oh yeah,
0: I think before we let go, I did want to discuss the I know the possibility of a Ghostbusters three and your feelings on that. Now
1: I'm, I am willing to let it happen. I'm I'm sure that Hal Ramos already sort of had some ideas for it. Mm. Obviously, they wrote the video game, and I know that him and Dan Aykroyd were kind of doing some work on a script, so. I'm sure that they would be able to continue writing like maybe maybe get Bill Murray involved in the writing with Dan Aykroyd get get a script done together I would just be would be interested to see more from that and I'm sure that given that they're the people that would be mm-hmm. working with it that they would treat it well and I'm sure they would come up with something very funny to explain why was done it's not there well I will, I, I will say
0: uh, <laughs> but for I, a change I I, I I don't want to say 100% but I I really strongly disagree I, I just don't want to see this film made now right. without Egon like I cannot imagine Egon not being in a Ghostbusters movie Right. and right. I can't imagine it like even now with this concept being so dated like this, this film I guess franchise or trilogy right. whatever you want to call it beginning in 84 and we're 30 years down the road first of all that's a challenging film to make anyway just to back on that same comedy yeah. and same characters and have it be successful in this modern time Now, with Egon not being in there, someone who's a comedic genius in my mind, I think that's even harder. The only thing I would say is if this go-ahead gets the green light, I think 2 did a good job of setting up who that next Ghostbuster is, and that would be Rick Moranis. Yes. (laughs) Rick Moranis would have to take Egon's place.
1: Yes, he would. Now, So you'd
0: have the other two, you'd have... uh,
1: have you heard? There's a rough thing out there as to what they would do if they were to go with it, especially now given how old the actors are. The uh, the rough thing, and don't don't quote me on this because mm-hmm. this could be wrong, is that it would reach a point where the old Ghostbusters are trying to bring in new people to take over, yeah. and so they wouldn't be the main focus. Mm-hmm. It would almost be they're the teachers. And these new this new class, as it were, is coming in, which could be interesting. <laughs> but I, mean, I sounds a I lot like Rocky
0: how... Five. We all know how well that went. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. I'm going to be your protege, Tommy Gun.
1: Yeah, yeah your uh, yeah. yeah, your men,
0: yeah, your mentor. You're going to be my protege, and we're then we're going to have a street fight. <laughs> yeah, mentor movies suck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well,
1: this would this would be more. It wouldn't necessarily be a mental film. It would just be. I, I'm kind of imagining, unfortunately, with the exception <laughs> of the Karate Kid. Okay, yeah, sorry, right, only mentor you. film that is excellent. All right.
0: <laughs> sorry, I, I'm
1: kind of imagining <laughs> Ghostbusters meets Police Academy, where you've got this really, this really comedic new team tra- trying to be taught by the old guys, mm. but almost flipped. Like yeah. the new people are serious, and the teachers mm-hmm. are the off the walls one. <laughs>
0: maybe get yes. Jonah Hill in there as one of the new Ghostbusters or something <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know <laughs> that could work that could be interesting yeah.
1: yeah or i kind of love to see the cast of the Avenger being mm. new <laughs> the new oh people being and stuff. Yeah. then it would kind of be like passing the torch as it yeah do you really
0: <laughs> need Ghostbusters when the Avengers can do it all <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah fair
0: enough they can get rid of aliens yeah, I'm sure they can handle ghosts I don't know <laughs>
1: Well, te- I mean, if we're actually going along that line, then surely the ghosts are just people in a slightly alternate dimension. <laughs> just a bunch of Lokis. Yeah. We can let Hawkeye <laughs> capture the ghosts. He's not contributing to oh, the yeah, Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Let <laughs> Hawkeye
0: take care of the ghost problem yeah, in yeah. New York City. And, yeah.
1: Yeah, we... <laughs> yeah the opening is Hawkeye being fired from the Avengers and that hey <laughs> like
0: Hawkeye uh, you, everyone knows this you probably know this you're lame yeah, <laughs> yeah I know yeah. I, I have an arrow for that <laughs> <laughs> alright we're gonna you're gonna go in this uh, dilapidated firehouse and you're gonna chase ghosts yeah.
1: okay <laughs> I'll just get my my proton. <laughs> error. There we go. Oh, no,
0: might I say the best text tone ever is that proton pack turning. On. <laughs> uh.
1: I I like the idea though, of say Bill Murray being his teacher, where he just gets out the arrow mm-hmm. to find the goes, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like mm. go. Like,
0: one <laughs> well, quickly back to your theory of like supporting. I think his name was Walter Walter Peck. Yes. And his credible skepticism of this whole thing. it You know, the movie doesn't touch on anything. Like, these ghosts are only appearing in New York.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not in California. Not in Europe. <laughs> no, yeah. Not in the Midwest. <laughs> Just New York. Just New York around these guys. Hmm. So yeah, I can kind of see where you think they're up to something.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of maybe the third one would be set in Paris Paris <laughs> they'll finally actually an American be...
0: Ghostbuster in Paris <laughs> there you go okay we found the John Landau <laughs> <yes. laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: right. I think I, you got something there I think we should yeah. end on that I, I think so I don't <laughs> think we have any more gems better than that oh, no. <laughs> alright well. so we miss you Harold Ramos we loved you
1: yeah, and looking forward to the homages coming out, but uh not nothing's ever gonna be able to replace that guy.
0: Yeah. So long you gone. Yes. We love you. We hardly knew <laughs> you. Alright,
1: All right, well, on that slightly somber note, I've been Paul. I'm Brian. See ya.